Dr. Murray Cohn is an infectious disease specialist with the CDC for two decades. Now he's in Panama, and he is an expert on the coronavirus, and he's been on the show many times. You can go to QFM96.com to check out all the podcasts of his past interviews. Dr. Cohn, good morning. Good morning, morning Dr. Murray. Cohen. Good morning, everybody. How are y'all today besides cold? Good, good. What's the latest with you? What have you been doing pandemic-wise? I heard, uh, what, you were at a vaccine seminar or something this week? Oh, actually, I was um, uh, working on the vaccine trial with Pfizer. They have a clinic uh, gone in Dallas. I'm back, I'm back home. I, uh, I came up from Panama for a week's vacation with my kids and grandkids. So that's what's up with me. So I'm probably a week behind on all the, uh, the COVID news. Uh, other than vaccines, I've spent a lot of time uh, paying attention to vaccines, and that's that's about the only excitement going on in this business right now. How's the tri- how are the trials going right now, Doctor Cohen? They're going really well. Um, well, when I say they, there's I think there's more than 200 trials worldwide. I was looking at a list from WHO uh, last weekend, and like all of the countries and all of the different laboratories and places doing trials for vaccines, it's just mind blowing. Uh, in the U.S., we particularly care about three. Uh, that's the AstraZeneca, the uh, Moderna, uh, which is the NIH, Tony Fauci, and uh, Pfizer, the one that I was working with. Now, and they're, go- they're, going- they're going well. Um, the simple question you answer is, uh, well, AstraZeneca is in trouble. They had a really bad side effect. Right. I'm sure how they're going to come back from that one. Uh, but first, they have to determine whether or not it was actually related to the vaccine. Um, but the other two, um, I've talked with uh, uh, senior investigators, and you know they're pretty confident that they've really already got the answers that they work with their first forty thousand trial size. Uh, they've both expanded another fourteen or fifteen thousand. Uh, what they're going for now is to see kind of how much antibody and which kind of antibodies are actually stimulated by the vaccine, so they get a sense of is it you know, 60% effective or 75% effective, that sort of thing. Uh, so I, I think uh, I think we're probably going to have one or both of those announcing, you know, by Halloween or certainly by Thanksgiving that they know it works. Now it's a matter of putting a plan together to ramp up major production. To distribute. Yeah, yeah. 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 on a large scale. Well, what is the vaccine going to do? Is it a cure? Is it like a flu shot? What are we talking about when we talk about vaccines? Well, it's very much like a flu shot, uh, although we hope it's more like a measles shot on kids. Uh, what the vaccine does, um, it tricks your immune system. Um, the two I mentioned, Moderna and uh, Pfizer, they're interesting. They're a new new invention of vaccine because it's not an actual virus that they're injecting you with. It's just a, a piece of RNA, a piece of genetic material that's been uh, engineered, designed to trick the immune system into thinking it's the whole virus. And so it immediately kicks into action and starts uh, hmm. putting immune cells together so that you get circulating in, in your bloodstream uh, immune cells so that if you, in fact, uh, run into the virus, if you're exposed, it immediately attacks it before the virus can take hold. Okay. So that's the way it works. Um, when you say it's 65% or 75% effective, that's because... Everybody's immune system is different. Immune systems are very complicated. Um, they don't react exactly the same way. Uh, age is a factor. Um, as we get older, our immune systems uh, get, uh, frankly, more decrepit. And uh, uh, that's why you have 
you know, these metabolic diseases like cancers and whatnot in older people. Um, so, yeah, and, and another factor I'm trying not to say um, is the kind of immune cells that they're looking for. Now, I was told, I haven't confirmed this, but I was told by, by a guy working with the uh, Moderna uh, at NIH that they, that they know they're detecting um, uh, what essentially are killer immune cells. They're called neutralizing antibodies. That's the ones you really want. Uh, that's like the stormtroopers, you know. You're okay. You got those. Uh, so, so that will be good news if they confirm that. I suspect that they will. Um, in terms of, is it a magic bullet? No, I can't remember Christy exactly what your word was. Um, it's, it's not a solution. Okay. It's going to be our. It's going to be our next step. Um, when you're looking at, you know, seven plus billion people in the world who, you know theoretically would need to be vaccinated, it's going to take a long time. Uh, I think WHO has put a plan together, uh, which, of course, the U.S. has not bought into. U.S. or China are the two big countries that are, are not participating. But they were looking at a, essentially a two-year rollout to get uh, the most vulnerable people all over the world, and that's a really ambitious Program. Yeah, he is uh, Dr. Murray Cohen, former director of the CDC, and saying you were out of the loop there. Did you see on Friday your former organization, the Centers for Disease Control, there came out saying that, yeah, you can get this uh, through the air. It's airborne transmission. They posted that Friday. I saw all sorts of social media that it can be transmitted through the ventilation of your air conditioner and your car or your heater. And I was like, holy, that goes against. And then yesterday, of course, Boom, they it's gone. completely removed it all <laughs> and said what you have been saying all along. It is spread through coughing, sneezing, talking loud, yelling or, or singing. And it's the droplets. That's how it's transmitted. Not There's no cloud of... Uh, coronavirus that we run through when we're jogging or anything. So did you see all that yesterday? I was uh, surprised they took it down so quickly, but obviously it was uh, so erroneous that they had no choice. Jerry, the best thing that I can say is that the CDC is a great place to be from. Because you understand this is the third time that they've had to reverse something, and now you understand why people are going, I am sick and tired of this. I'm done. Yeah, it's really sad. And by the way, Drew, I have to correct you. I was never the director. Oh, you were not? No, no. I, I was quite famously uh, in trouble with the Admiralty all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> you rebel. <laughs> well, you know, I, I used to, when I was a spokesperson in the AIDS program back in the late 80s, um, I, I used to describe my role as translating CDC into English. <laughs> and, the, and uh, you know, the political guys, they didn't like that at all. They said, what do you say? There's something wrong with the way, right? And I said, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Nobody can understand it. Um, yeah, the deal, just talk to you a little bit about this controversy with the aerosols. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not so cut and dried now. Um, there is some evidence coming that there will be, you know, some spread by aerosol. Um, it's not likely going to be like tuberculosis where it can travel through the vents. Right. Um, you know, it, it's the kind of aerosol that, that uh, in like the crowded restaurant in China where people at a table across the room got sick from one guy at, at another table that, that was sick. And it's that kind of a 
unventilated space where it's not so much a cloud, it's just that the particles will disperse and hang there a little bit. Uh, you can't just walk through it, but when you're sitting in it and having dinner, or when yeah, you're sitting at yeah. it in the in the choir practice, like out in uh, Washington back in, in January, uh, you're going to get a higher exposure. How are we with surfaces, though? Still talk. Okay, we're talking about aerosols and the droplets, but you're sitting down at a table, and you know somebody walks by, then they're breathing, and a droplet lands. How long does it last on surfaces? You know, surfaces we, we've learned are not a major route of transmission. It, it does happen that way. I think probably the the one to be to most worry about would be, say, in airplanes, um, where you've got, you know, your seat handles and your tray tables, and, you know, a lot of different people are touching them. That's pretty fast turnaround. Uh, so I carry a little Lysol wipes with me when I get on an airplane, and when I just came up from Panama, uh, I just wipe those surfaces down. Mm-hmm. Um the ventilation in airplanes, by the way, is, is fast turnover and pretty good. You have to worry a little bit about the people walking up and down the aisles. Uh, so I try to sit right up front, and then there's not very many people that are going to pass me. Uh, those are my recommendations there. Well, plus, Surfaces, you're a first-class yeah. kind of yeah, you, guy. You're a first-class. <laughs> you're a doctor. I mean, you're, you're not a coach, and I, dude. We're back in coach. Yeah, you, you, can, you can pay for the upgrade. You're, you're in the front row yeah. getting the extra can of Dr. Pepper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> extra bag you of nuts. You private bathroom. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yep. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, the, the kitty seats right there. In the front. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Dr. Cohn, I sh- we should ask you, and in Ohio, we got a lot of restrictions. Our bars close at 10. They say half of the restaurants and bars are going to close by the end of the year. And, and I don't think anyone has a problem with what Governor DeWine's done. I think people have a problem with the transparency. He said we need to be under 5%. We're at 3%. We need to flatten the curve. We flatten the curve. We don't want overrun hospitalizations. We're about 20 to 25 a day. Where should we be where you could start loosening? You know, masks are here. So it's that the mass debate's out the door. The masks are here. But at what point? <laughs> but we have a leader who tells us, hey, if we do this, then we can get back to get some restrictions. And we do and it. And we do it. And then we feel like we're getting screwed. We don't get a reward. Yeah, where should we be at? Because we're at 3%, 25 hospitalizations a day. That's pretty damn good, right? Is this a great country or what? <laughs> You know, that's the, the, the politics of it is not something I'm particularly adroit at uh, discussing. Um, but, it, but it's bothersome, no question about it. Um, you know, the science is pretty clear. There's not a cutoff point. You know, you want to you want to reduce the risk. It's all about risk assessment. Uh, you know, it's about driving the speed limit or going fast. You know, all these personal choices that are made. And you're talking about a political situation where you're not being allowed to make the personal choice that's being made for you. Right. That's where a lot of the controversy sure. in the public is coming from. So, you know, politicians have to worry about that sort of stuff. Epidemiologists don't. Well, I mean, I'm just talking about under 3%, you know, about 3%. Is that a good number to be at? Of course it's a good number. Yeah. And you, you, know, you know how good a number it is? It's better than 4%. Which, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and you're never going to get to zero. You know, we're all, we're all like Ellen, you know, we're works in progress. What can I say? <laughs> <Yeah>. Dr. Cohen, <laughs> Cohen, let me ask. Okay, so now we're heading into flu season. People are being uh, urged to get their, their flu vaccines. So what kind of problems do you anticipate with the collision of COVID and the flu? We've been preparing and talking for some months 
you know, about the, uh, the, the duolimics, you know, the do epidemics. Um, and we're kind of preparing for that. I think that's very likely to happen. The hopeful point is that, you know, the way we study flu, flu is all the time, and it's all over the world. So when you look at the Southern Hemisphere, um, Australia in particular, uh, which is very much like the U.S. in terms of lifestyle and exposures and all of that, you know, when they have a real bad flu season in their winter, it's our summer, we expect we're going to have a real bad flu season with the same strains in our winter. Well, it turns out that the COVID um, restrictions, the COVID prevention measures, especially the hand hygiene and the yeah. you were talking about, yeah. have been really effective at taking yeah. down the flu. So they didn't have much of a flu season in Australia. So... You know, we're kind of keeping our fingers crossed, hoping that it won't be quite as bad here as well. You know, on the other hand, uh, they're a much more compliant society in Australia. Uh, it's a much smaller place. Uh, they don't have people walking around with long rifles, you know, claiming that, uh, you know, they're going to shoot the virus or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so it's, uh, uh, it, it's hard to say. I, I kind of expect the worst with flu. I expect... Hospitals are going to be overrun again. Um, we're also talking about, uh, you know, sometime during flu season is when vaccines are going to start being administered. And I think that's going to be a bit of a free-for-all. I fear it's going to be kind of like the Wild West. Wow. Um, and like, we have no plan. You know, I mean, the easy stuff, the low-hanging fruit was PPE and testing. And we totally screwed both of those up. And they're still both screwed up. So I've got pretty little hope yeah. that we're going to have a very good vaccine program. I'm also very worried. Um, you probably saw the movie uh, Contagion. Absolutely. I, I don't particularly recommend it. had a lot of poetic license or Hollywood license. It was really stupid. But their parts about the virus were dead on. I mean, they were actually scientifically sound. And one of the big storylines was the Chinese flooding the market with counterfeit vaccines. I fully expect that to happen. Wow. And, yeah, that's scary. Well, you got people down back alleys yeah. and handing out vaccines that don't work. Well, then you should get, well, then you get what you get. Then if you're buying a back alley guy in a van then, right? Well, not necessarily. I mean, I can see some health centers, you know, where you get your little allocation and, you know, you've got a, a legitimate distributor um, who's also making some cash by my purveying these counterfeit ones and you mix them in. You don't know the difference. They look exactly the same. Sure. You, you ever see golf clubs or a bottle of Johnny Walker from China? They yeah. It's the same. Or yeah. a Dolex? Yeah. <laughs> a Dolex. <laughs> there, there you go, yeah. I got <laughs> tricked I got tricked into some of that Chinese Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> An hour after yeah, sex I wanted to have it again. <laughs> oh I thought, I thought you said maybe it made you Smaller. Uh, <laughs> that's impossible, Dr. Cobb. Uh, hey. And wait a minute, we have got an infectious disease hey. expert here, and we're talking about, well, never well, mind. Well, why not? Yes. Yes. Dr. Murder Cohn's with us, infectious disease specialist. Hey, let's get this out of the way because we're still not back to school here, and it's taken a mental health toll on kids. It is The system has been a disaster. Let's start here. And this is what we're we're assuming no pre-existing conditions here because if you got a pre-existing condition, kids should not be at school and people should not be at work. But is there any reason for these educators out there, kids ten and under, should they be in school? Yes or no? By a scientific uh, reason here. You know, I wish it was a cut and dried yes or no. 
Mm. Um, it, it all depends on the environment. You know, it depends on if you're at that 5% circulating in your population or if you're at 30% circulating in your population. Yeah. Um, it, it, and it also depends on how you do it. You know, being in school, um, you know, we've got lessons around the world, uh, particularly Israel. I mean, Israel really blew it. I mean, they, they were way ahead of the game. They did everything right early on sent the kids to school, and then now they're having a huge second wave and, and can't get control of it. Um, we've got other places like Taiwan and South Korea where you see pictures of those classrooms. With, it's like a checkerboard with some of the kids' desks, you know, kind of spaced out around. And some of them even have little mm. uh, plastic shields in front of them, uh, yeah. uh, like a little wall or, or whatnot. Uh, you know, and, and some of them the kids can color on and make it useful and, and are, are fun and, and all that. So they limit the number of kids in a room, um, and some of them are having alternating days. Like, same kids don't go every day. They have alternating days with um, online stuff. Yeah, that's the hybrid thing uh, that we've got here. And and that we would ex- I would expect that to be successful. You've also got um, for areas where kids don't have. Uh, access to internet or don't have uh, computers or whatnot, using some large public spaces like some of these gymnasiums that we're not able to use without sports and whatnot and setting up learning centers for kids to go to uh, and keeping those spaced out. These are good ideas that are being tried and and, uh, with some measure of success. So when you say going back to school, there are ways to do it cognizant of the the problems. and then there's ways to do it stupid, like we do a lot of things. Mm. One thing I do want to mention, though, that scares me the most about the kids, and it's not just the little kids, it's particularly like these kids that are going back and playing football and whatnot. There is, we're learning now, I've talked before on the show about sequelae, these uh, conditions that turn up later, uh, even after yeah. you're you know, cured of the, of the infection. And one of the most common sequelae that's turning up, and it's particularly turning up in, you know, teenagers and kids, is uh, what you would call in the vernacular, you know, enlarged hearts. It's a myocarditis, uh, which then also causes blood clots. And a lot of times it's, it's irreversible. And this is just setting the stage for early heart attacks down the road. You know, and how many and how many of those are we going to count in fifteen or twenty years and say these are part of the death toll of COVID nineteen? Uh, probably none, but they're going to be very real. So to me, when you're looking at exposing kids, it's a, a lot more than are they asymptomatic? Or are they symptomatic? Getting sick now? This virus is diabolical and it's bad. This is a bad actor, and uh, we just need to treated with you know a little more respect Hmm. well very good those are wise words dr cohen that's why we have you on let's give it a few more weeks and uh see where we are (laughs) yeah we'll catch up again you've been a godsend through this entire thing for us here in uh, central ohio we appreciate you yeah well well, well, i'm I'm always happy to talk with you i'm always happy to uh, answer the questions that your listeners send you and uh just remember that rather than being director of CDC, I'm just a little old country epidemiologist. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Cole. You're smarter than we are. He is humble, huh? <laughs>